Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. My name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News, and this is going to be our third installment of the interview series. Today we have a fantastic guest, uh, former teammate Ali Wilson. Uh, great conversation. Uh, get to reunite and discuss some of her current goals that she has moving forward, some injury history that really made things difficult for her throughout college, and a lot of other great things that you're definitely not going to want to miss. Before we get into it, make sure that you give the episode a like, give the rating uh, of, a sh- of for the show, and all that good stuff. Follow us on Instagram if you would like to have even more track content. That is at Track World News. We have a lot of really great stuff that's going to be coming down the pipeline that you're not going to want to miss. So have a good one, and we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Hello again, everyone. This is another, our third installment of an interview series with Track World News, and this is another uh, exciting episode for me. Um, We have a a former teammate, uh, high school, uh, uh, I guess we were former, what, high school friend, student, uh, have an three-time NCAA All-American, multiple-time high school, uh, all Delaware County, uh, amazing athlete, professional runner, um, now in Atlanta with the Atlanta Track Club. We have Allie Wilson. Uh, Allie, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us today. Really looking forward to it. Yeah, thank you. I'm happy to be here. And thank you for that beautiful introduction. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. No problem. Well, um, wanted to kind of start uh, with you with where, you know, where it all started. And, you know, how was it that you found track and field? And, you know, what was it that got you into, you know, just running in general when you were first getting started? So it's actually a funny story. Uh, I've ha- I have two older sisters, Colin, I, I'm sure you already know that. But for those listening, I have two older sisters. And my oldest sister, like my whole family was always like really involved in sports. And she was, she was playing soccer from when she was younger. And at one of her soccer games, I think when she was maybe nine or 10, um, one of the moms on her of a teammate on her team went up to my parents and was like, you need to sign her up for track. Like she's so fast. Like she'd be so good at it. And they had never really considered that. And they're like, Oh yeah, like she is very fast. So like, they were like, Oh, we'll we'll give it a try. And my sister joined like the CYO track team that year and ended up winning the championship. So it was like (laughs) a huge deal, but like Mm -hmm. none of us really knew anything about like that world. And so pretty much ever since Val was in maybe fifth grade, then like the next couple of years, then my other older sister, like she started running and she was good too. And then like pretty much it was just my, my destiny at that point. Like there was no yeah. way they were going to let me not run. So, and I was excited to do it too. Cause I saw like, I'd go to all the track meets and I thought it seemed so fun. Like my sisters were so fast and I always looked up to them. So that's really how like my, like my parents weren't runners at all. So I, if, if it wasn't for that mom, like, I don't think I would be a runner to this day. So like, we're so grateful for that, but yeah, that's pretty much where it started. And I've been running ever since. Awesome. Did you guys have like a, any sibling rivalries at all um, growing up? Uh, I think if I remember correctly, there I think they event some of them eventually changed changed events uh, yes. growing up. But did you guys have any you know 
races like races to the mailbox who's gonna win or or was it pretty civil for you guys we had tons of those but I never won because I was always (laughs) the smallest the youngest now it's like I I'm curious because my sisters didn't stick with it as long as I did and Vic like you said she started doing shot put she never really liked running that much in the first place Mm -hmm. so she, she went totally full 80 180 and mm-hmm. started throwing but um yeah we had all sorts of competitions I honestly feel like that's kind of where my competitive side came from which is like trying to hang with with the older girls and do things that they did and play games with them and stuff like that but as we got older like into high school and stuff my Val and I were always like in the relays together and she always we would run similar times but if we ever raced in the same race she would always win and and sometimes she'd kind of toy around with me like mm-hmm. <laughs> let me think I could beat her but she was my older sister so yeah. it was almost like you know that was just never gonna happen and then as I got older then I started running faster times but yeah for the most part we were always just like we we're training buddies and we did everything together so it was more just fun to have each other than than be competitive with each other Oh yeah. It's, it's great to have those, you know, the, the people where, you know, you're going to practice together and you, and you have your, your training partner and you know exactly what both of you guys are going through. Cause you have the same workouts. And I mean, going back to looking back at high school, especially had a, a pretty great local legend coach with uh coach corn for, for the, for those that, that don't know um, uh, coach corn is of a character to, to say the least. <laughs> He's got a lot of uh He's high energy and he, he won't be, he's not afraid to let you know what's on his mind. And, um, but also that's helped him win what, like, I don't think they've lost a meet since before you were in high school. It's been like 10 years. I feel it. Yeah. It's something like that. He's definitely a legend. (laughs) Yeah. What's like, so going through high school, like when was it that you realized, Hey, I want to continue on doing track. Cause I, I mentioned briefly, you were also very talented in, in soccer, where I think you were you know, all Delaware County, like twice or three times. Like, what made you go like, you know what, I, I like, I'm doing, I'm good at both of these, but let me go the running route. Yeah, so honestly, I didn't know what I was going to do really until my senior year. Like, I had a pretty good idea that I wanted to run, but... I, I didn't, I wasn't ready to give up soccer when I did. I, I did it all the way till I went to college and it, it was so hard to not have that be a part of my life anymore. Cause I had done soccer for longer than I had ran. So it was like, I felt like it was held just as big, if not a bigger role, like in my life. And so it, it was hard for me to make the decision, but I also wasn't really getting as much recognition for soccer. I know the process is very different. You kind of have to seek out the coaches unless you're like, obviously the top in whatever, you know, but so I wasn't really getting much soccer recognition. I didn't put myself out there very much either. So I, I want to say I could have gone to college for either. Um, It's kind of funny. I got player of the year, Aldelco player of the year, my senior year, but I never got that for track. So I'm like, was I better at soccer? (laughs) (laughs) But my dad always says he thinks I was a better soccer player than I am runner, but I don't know if he still says that to this day because I wasn't running the same times Mm -hmm. when I was in high school. So yeah, I think I ended up making the right decision, but honestly, I think it was just the process was way different. I, I didn't have, I wasn't like having my parents record every one of my games and I wasn't Mm -hmm. reaching out to coaches to come to tournaments and stuff like that. So I think with track, it was just kind of easy, like send out my times if coaches liked them, they'd reply, like 
So I think that's kind of why I steered the way that I did, just because I thought the process for track was, I mean, I, I'd say they put, both played equal roles in my life, and I love them both. And the, the um, process for track was just kind of simple. And, and I, I did think I had more to give in my running career. So maybe part of it was kind of in the back of my mind. Like I, I still wanted to run a lot faster times than I was. So, and that ended up happening. So I I think I made the right choice. There you go. There you (laughs) go. Yeah. It's, it was looking back at my, the similar, it was look at the the recruiting process, I guess, through, through high school. It was, yeah, it was pretty streamlined. I, I could imagine for football, basketball, or whatever, it'd be a little harder where, yeah, you just, you send out your times and coaches are like, yeah, that's, you run fast enough for a scholarship or you don't. It's like super straightforward. It's, it's, it made it so easy. I mean, where, um, you eventually, you know, ended up going to Monmouth, uh, what drew you to that school and, you know, wanting to go there and and continue your, your running career? So, um, coach Corn, who you mentioned earlier, he had a big role in me just ultimately deciding to go to Monmouth. Um, I, my whole life, we're, my, we were a big Penn State family. Mm-hmm. So I, my goal, my dream, everything was to go to Penn State. It was also my dad's dream. Like he wanted us all to go to Penn State. I, I just wanted to go to like a big state school. That was just like, it seems so fun to me. I, you know me, Colin, I have a big personality. Like mm-hmm. I just thought it'd be like the best thing ever to go to like a huge school. And uh-huh. Corin kind of like he'd fight me on it. He'd be like, Al, you have to look at smaller schools. Like, I know you want to go to big state school, but my older sister actually uh, went to Pitt and she ran for her first two years and she ended up quitting. And he, he saw her go through that. And he, he knew that if I went to a big school, that same thing would probably happen with me. Like, it's just, you know, it's just hard. It's just different. And he was like, he, he knows me, he knows me as a runner and he knows like the kind of attention, not that I'm needy, but like the t- kind of tension I, I would need from a coach. And you might not always get that at a big school, like at least for the times I was running, um, coming out of high school, like I probably would have been irrelevant at a Penn state or a pit. So, <laughs> um, that, yeah. So him, like, kind of steering me towards a smaller school because otherwise I definitely would not have looked at Monmouth like I wouldn't have even considered going there because it's so tiny like Mm -hmm. it was opposite of where I wanted to go but then he kind of like asked me like just go on a visit like talk to the coach like feel it out and I ended up going and I loved it I loved the coach who ended up being my coach all throughout college Torello and I think it was a perfect fit for me, but it was just like so ironic because it was like the opposite of where I, where I really saw myself. But I think for like, if I, if I wasn't a student athlete, I think I would have thrived at a big school, but mm-hmm. because of like how important sports were to me and Corin knew that he, I, I think that going to Monmouth was like the best thing for me. Yeah. Yeah. I remember um, when I was going to, uh, I, I went to Mount St. Mary's. It was actually Monmouth was in the NEC, our conference until like two or three years before. And then you guys joined what the Mac or something. And so yes. I remember I went, yeah, I went out to the, I went out to school and then I came back to Haven for like a, a workout or something running on the track. And uh, I, I remember Corin, like, this was my first year, my freshman year. And he, he sees me and like, I, I was like, it was a slow rep. I think like one of the high school, like seniors or whatever, like beat me on one rep of the workout. 
He's like, okay. oh, so they're not teaching you much at college, huh? You should have gone to a different school. I'm telling you, college, you should have read something. <laughs> He's just like, just, just rip it. Like it was something, it was like, and then it's like one of the, the classic Corin jokes. And he's like, nah, you'll be fine. You'll figure it out or, or whatever. It was just, just like, I was, it was like in the middle of a workout. Like I'm, I got like my hands on my knees, like dying of a rep. And it's like, he's just like, John, like you should have done something. I told, I, I, I knew the whole time. I'm like, yeah, sure. Corin. Yeah. But great. He, he's fantastic. Yeah. He, he definitely speaks his mind, whether he's right or not. He'll, he'll, yeah, he'll let you know. You. <laughs> he'll let you know for, for, sure. for, for you. Like, um, it's track is weird where we're, you, you'll compete with the biggest schools and there'll be the smallest D3 schools and there'll be, you know, all on the line at the same time, uh, which is weird. It's because th there are fast runners everywhere. Like how, what was it like, especially when you were getting up to those bigger meets, like the NCAAs and your other, you know, big champ, whether Penn relays, you know, those larger meets did, was it weird at all when it's like, you might see a, like a Penn state, um, and all these other like Tennessee, Florida, and then there's, oh, then there's Monmouth. Like, was it, was it like weird at all? Like when it's like, oh, I'm competing with all these other great athletes from these big time schools that I was, you know, originally wanted to go to. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was weird for me, especially like coming from where I was like my first two years of college and then ending where I was my last two years of college. Um, yeah, it was definitely like a weird transition because I used to look at these teams and just be like, oh my gosh, like they're not even human. Like, you know, I just would throw in the towel before the race even started because I wasn't going to be anywhere near them. And then as I started like, you know, competing at the national level and stuff like that, like it was definitely intimidating to see those girls with like those times those like names on their chest, you know, like Oregon, mm -hmm. Penn State, you know, all the big schools. And yeah, I, I think that I always took it as like, it was intimidating, but at the same time, I think I thrive as being like an underdog. Mm -hmm. And I always considered myself an underdog for that reason. And I didn't, you know, not in a way that I was like taking myself out of the equation, but I was kind of like, you know, these girls, kind of have the target on their back everyone's looking at me being like where did that girl come what what even is mom with where is yeah. that like you know mm -hmm. so I always th thought it was like kind of cool like you know I'm repping my little tiny school and and my coach and you know I, I knew I was there for the same reason they were so I never really let let it get to my head like that they were from like, just, you know, you can be, you can come from anywhere, but run the same time or faster than mm -hmm. somebody who's at a big school. So I just always reminded myself that, and I was just so excited to even be competing at those kinds of meets. Like I kind of forget that it was like <laughs> abnormal for me to be there, but mm -hmm. yeah, I think I kind of took my underdog title and just went with that. Like people weren't expecting anything from me. And so I think I, I would kind of surprise people. Whereas if, if you are coming from one of those big schools in the first place, like people almost expect you to be there and almost expect you to do well. And that, that to me seems like that would be a lot of pressure. So. Yeah, it was, I remember um, whether like when we were competing and then I would see like in the news or whether like whether here in Delco times or just on social media saying like oh Ali qualified for the the regional meet like oh fantastic like she's going there oh she's at the she's at the NCAAs and like I remember like I'm my season's long over by the time so I'm here at home and then it's like oh Ali's competing at 
you know, NCAAs <laughs> tomorrow. Oh, she qualified to the finals. Now we have to tune in. Like I'm re- reaching out to all my other track friends. Do you see this? Like we have, you know, someone rep in Haven, like here in the NCAA level, like um, what was it like for you? Like, go, like just being at these big meets, like tell us the experiences of, you know, being like a, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm one of the top, top dogs here in the, the country right now. Yeah. So I'll be honest. Like it was scary when I first got there. Like I was so excited, obviously the first couple of days, but once like it was getting time to race, like I would get so upset and be like, you know, cause it was overwhelming. Like it was a whole new animal I had never dealt with before. And my coach kind of sat me down and was, and he was like, Al, like, this is what you've always wanted. Like, why are you so upset? And, mm-hmm. and you know, I wouldn't, I feel like I am very, I'm a very consistent runner and I, I really wouldn't consider myself a head case. Like for the most part, sometimes I can be, but I think I'm pretty level-headed and I'll always give it my all. I'll never just, you know, give up in the middle of a race, stuff like that. So I think that's like one of my, my strengths. So I always know, like, no matter how upset I am, I'm always going to like perform to the best of my ability. But like w- the first couple of times I went to meet, like, I mean, still like it's, it's scary lining up next to Ajay Wilson, like Hannah Green, Raven Rogers, girls like that, like, you know, and not like also at the NCAA level, like Danae Rivers, like all those girls, like these names that you just heard, like everywhere, like your whole mm-hmm. life. And, you know, so many of them have been idols to me and now I'm racing against them. So it's like, I almost have to switch my mindset and realize like, okay, like at one point in my life, they were my idol, but I need to, you know, give myself some credit here too. And you know, I'm here for a reason. So, you know, you, you are capable of beating some of these girls. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely intimidating, but Mm. I would say like, I just remind myself, like, it's literally my dream come true. Honestly, when I was younger, it wasn't even like my goal to be like a professional runner today and to be competing at the level I am. It was like a dream, like that was never going to happen. So like the fact that I am here and I'm doing it, it's like, younger me would be like going nuts right now. (laughs) So it's pretty cool. (laughs) That's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Like, uh, being able to have those, like your idols become your rivals essentially Mm -hmm. where you're, you're going from, Oh man, like I was watching you on TV or at the Olympics in 2016. And now here we're lined up for, you know, a USA championship meet. Like that's, that's gotta be, you know, a cool, you know, a really cool feeling. Um, I know, I know it obviously didn't go without its, uh, you know, uh, peaks and valleys and some, something that I know that you had mentioned was you had a little, a couple setbacks in your junior year. Like, could you, you know, touch on, you know, what happened then and you know what you might've learned uh, from it? Yeah. So this is like a whole long story. I'll try to just sum it up <laughs> quickly. So I don't take like hours out of your day, but uh-huh. um, yeah. So my junior year actually was the first year that I started to feel like something kind of different was going on. Like I was starting to run like pretty fast. I was starting to run way faster than I ever had. And I felt good. I was getting super fit. I think it helped like my freshman, sophomore year, I lived on campus. I ate at the dining hall. I just feel like that was not good for me. (laughs) I didn't have any self-control and I didn't realize it at the time. And now looking back, like you know, I don't regret it because I didn't know any better. But once I moved off campus, I was cooking my own meals. I ate a lot healthier and I just felt like I, everything was just going better. I was just getting really fit. And, um, I had like my 
best cross country season ever. And then my foot started to hurt. And for about a month, I just ran on it. And I was just like, oh, my foot hurts. Like, this is so weird. Like I'd ice it, I'd put in an Epsom salt bath and I just like would keep moving. And Mm -hmm. It was, it got to the point where it was pretty bad. Like I was limping on my runs and I was just like, oh, whatever. Cause I was so excited. I was like, something crazy is about to happen. It's about to be indoors. Like cross country isn't really my thing, but I had just done pretty well. And I was just excited. And then we had one workout and I just, we had one 200 left of the workout and the whole workout, I was like in so much pain. I just wasn't saying anything. We had one 200 left and I, I started hysterically crying and I was like, I can't do it. And everyone was like, what do you mean you can't do it? It's a 200. Like, <laughs> this is like the, as little as any rep ever has been. Like you, uh-huh. you can do one more 200. And I was like, no, I cannot do another one. I was like, my foot is broken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so my coach and I like walked down to the trainers and they wanted to take an x-ray just to rule out that it was broken because it usually with like a small fracture, a stress fracture, it would never show up in an x-ray machine or like rarely would. And they just had like this old like junky x-ray machine in their in the trainer's office and they took mm-hmm. one and they could see the stress fracture. So it was a pretty bad one. And I had just been running on it. Like I literally ran my foot until like it was broken. Mm-hmm. And so it was the worst pain I've ever experienced. And then pretty much coming back from that was just brutal. Like, especially cause I saw like the light at the end of the tunnel, like how fast I was going to be running. It just was such a bummer. Like, you know, it, it was just like the worst timing ever, but I guess it makes sense. Cause I was like my most fit ever and I was running my most mileage. So, you know, it does add up to like, sort of make sense. It was just like really terrible. So then I, I pretty much dealt with trying to heal that foot for about six months and it never fully healed, but they cleared me to run. And so I started running again. My coach let me run a 1500. It was like super slow, but it was exciting. He like let me run. Mm-hmm. And then like a week after school was over, um, I jumped into a pool and I cracked my bone all the way through. <laughs> so it was that same foot. It was the same bone. Cause they said it was like super, it was like fragile but the pool was like slanted. So I didn't know. And I, I literally landed on the bone that was like the most fragile and I just cracked Mm. it all the way through. So then I had to have a screw put in it and that was like a whole other ordeal. But so going through all that, it was just like the worst thing ever, but I think it was a blessing in disguise. Cause once I had my surgery, I was like on a mission to get back into the shape that I I saw that I could get into. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of surpassed that. And I worked so hard that I just like, you know, every race I was just PRing like that next season. It was like the season, like everyone dreams of having. And that ended up being the season that I made my first regional meet, first NCAAs. I ran in Eugene. So it was like a dream come true, like Cinderella story. But, mm-hmm. but, but it was pretty brutal, like having to go through that my entire junior year. Um, but I did get my eligibility back my fifth year. So mm-hmm. I was grateful for that. Awesome. That's that's crazy. Uh, I would imagine <laughs> j- jumping into a pool. And I know. Like, was it like, oh man, like, did you know, like, dang it, oh, I, I messed up right away? Oh, I knew right away. Like, I, I was just like laying underwater, like sobbing. Like, I knew I had just rebroken it, mm-hmm. and there's nothing I could do. I, because I had no idea that the the bottom of the pool was slanted like that. But it was just like, uh, pretty bad. My coach mm-hmm. like was shook. He could not even believe, <laughs> but uh. luckily, luckily, but not luckily, we we're going into summer break. So it was like, I had my surgery and then I had all of summer mm-hmm. to kind of rehab it. 
So it was like, you know, it, it was just like the injury that never ended, but now I feel like it's like my bionic foot and like nothing mm. will ever happen to it again. <laughs> oh man. Uh, well, that's a, seems like a yeah long process with all that. I mean, obviously it was a lot of recovery physically. I mean, how, what kind of toll, if at all, did it take on you mentally? Cause like you mentioned, you were prepared to have a potential like breakout year and then find out you're sidelined from competition. I mean, did that affect you like mentally at all? Like, dang, am I ever going to get back? Or was it something that you you're able to, you know, troop through pretty easily? So I definitely struggled at first, like we were optimists, like, oh, it'll only be four to six weeks. Like they always say, and then four Mm -hmm. to six weeks went by and they're like, oh, maybe another month. And it just kept adding up. And it was like pretty heartbreaking throughout the whole process. Like I, you know, I was trying to just distract myself with other things and have fun with my friends, do things that maybe I can't always do when I'm in season or when I'm competing and stuff like that. Um, So I I feel like I just kind of tried to distract myself because I was just like heartbroken. Um, was there another part of that question? I feel like I was going somewhere. With oh, this. Yeah. Like just what was the, um, the difficulties mentally just being sidelined from, you know, not being able to compete. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. So I think that like, as hard as it was, I trust me, I cried a lot, but because I saw that like little glimpse of how fast I was going to run that year, that's honestly the only thing that got me through it because you know, I choked to practice every day. I'd watch my teammates run. I was so jealous, but I was like, you know, so happy for all of them, of course, but it was just like hard. Like I, I was in the pool swimming my little butt off, like trying to stay in shape. And I didn't stay in shape at all. Like I was really, really not fit when I was coming back, but honestly, I just held on to that little hope that I was gonna be able to get myself back into shape and have that season that I, I was ready to have before it happened. And if, if I hadn't had had that cross country season leading up to that foot injury, I would say I probably would have stopped. And to this day, my PRs would be like 210 and, you know, 502 in the mile. Like, mm-hmm. and I just can't even believe that, like, if, you know, cause a lot of people do, like they get so discouraged by their injuries and they don't see like necessarily their career going anywhere further after that. And, and it's, you know, I felt that way too, but you just have to like remind yourself that like people have gone through some crazy stuff and come back from it and, you know, accomplished way more. So I just, I feel like that's the biggest lesson I learned. Like if you stick to something, like no matter what, like you, you can get where you want to be. Oh yeah. And, and now you're, I guess you're coming up on a, a year being officially post-grad, uh, running, running professionally with, with Atlanta track club. Uh, how did yes. you, you find out about them? And then, yeah, what's obviously this first year probably wasn't exactly what you thought this first year would be, but how's <laughs> it been, you know, being post-collegiate running professionally now? Yeah. So my, um, teammate actually from Monmouth, he was also kind of like the, he was like the, the cool guy, like I'm on it when I got there because he was, uh, went to NCAAs, got second his sophomore year and went to NCAAs like multiple times after that. Like he was super good. It was almost the same thing. Like everyone was like, why do you go there? Like they always ask him that. And, and mm-hmm. he just was like, well, I love the coach. I love the school, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't matter where you are. Like, as long as you're happy and you're running fast, like who cares what, what school you're representing? And, 
Um, so it was almost like a similar situation, but he was a year older than me. And he had a lot more success overall than I did. Mine was kind of at the tail end of my um, career, mm-hmm. my collegiate career. And so um, he ended up running prof- or going pro like the, the year before me. And so I kind of just followed in his footsteps because he came to Atlanta Track Club. And the coaches kind of were in contact with me once he got down there and like throughout my whole fifth year they'd like kind of check in on me and I could tell they were like really great people. And it's a husband and a wife, Amy and Andrew Bagley. And yeah, I just could tell that that I would, you know, really fit in here. And I liked that I would have a familiar face when I came down here and yeah. So I feel like I, I, I can sit, I try to keep my options open because I didn't want to just do what Dylan did because I knew him and he was my friend and, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the end of the day, like, after I sat down and thought about like all my options, this was definitely the best option for me. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's how I ended up down here. Awesome. How, how has the, the first year been? Obviously you were probably planning on having a lot more competitions between <laughs> what la- this time last year and now, but how was, uh, you know, how has training been and, and yeah, how was, you know, being pro first year? Yeah. So you kind of nailed it on the head there. Like it's been the craziest <laughs> year of my life, let alone of like my first year being so far away from home and doing something like new like this. And so it's been a year of, you know, adjustments and just trying to figure out my life. (laughs) But at the same time, it's been amazing. Like I love Atlanta. I love my coaches. I love my team. I love everything about it here. It's just like, I almost feel like I've lived here for almost a year and a half now. And I haven't seen any of the any of the city yet because for mo- majority of it I haven't been able to and and it's hard as it is as runners because it's like you know we can't really go out that much stuff like that so I feel like I hadn't even really seen the city before lockdown and all that so mm. I just feel like there's so much more for me to explore once things start opening back up again and so I'm really like eager and excited for that to like get out and really see everything that this city has to offer but I mean competition wise it's been a struggle for sure like there was like slim to no races this year so you know that's why we do this and that's what we love to do so it it was hard a hard pill to swallow like not being able to compete and you know get out there and try to run faster times and stuff like that but at the end of the day you know it's so much bigger than us and so much bigger than you know, what we do. So, Mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing anybody can do about it and just try to take it day by day. And it seems like we're kind of turning the corner now. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm getting excited about that for a little bit of normalcy, hopefully soon. Mm -hmm. I know we're, we're turning into the, you know, fingers crossed with if things go as planned, the, the Olympic trials and, and the Olympics coming up in the next few months, um, what are some of like those, those workouts and maybe the, you know, your training looking like now as you're preparing to hopefully peak within the next like four or five months from now? Um, so actually I'm dealing with like a small toe injury right now. So <laughs> I haven't even brought it up cause it's just irrelevant and it's just, mm-hmm. you know, more of a nuisance than anything, but I'm actually, I've just been doing like mostly running on the alter G and cross training right now. Um, but let me think. Yeah. So I, I don't even know what the workouts would have been if I wasn't cross training right now, but we're actually about to leave for, um, 
we're going to train in Florida for the month of February. So we're going to, you know, Atlanta's warm, but also like, I thought it was going to be like hot year round. It's definitely not like there's, there's a winter here, just like a little more mild than up North. So Mm -hmm. it'll be nice to like go farther South and get some warmer weather to train. And I think I should be running like within the next week or so. So I'm just excited to get, you know, some good fast workouts in and some warmer weather. For sure. For sure. What are, um, it's like, what are some of your, your goals going into, uh, the rest of this year, once you're able to, you know, get the all clear for running any, um, anything that your, your times you're trying to, to get, or maybe placements you want, like, you know, just what are you looking forward to with the rest of 2021? Yeah. So I would say, obviously my biggest goal is to qualify for the trials. Um, the qualifying time is 2025 and I've run 20256. So oh man, <laughs> I so close. Have a little bit of time, but at the same time, I'm like, I've had a over a year of like this new training, and I think I'm ready to like shave a decent amount of time off of my personal best from college. So I'm hoping that once I start running, that that 0.06 of a second is kind of irrelevant. Maybe I can dip down to 201s, two flats. I'd love to break two, you know, I, I don't know if that will happen this year, even though it is a goal, but you know, that's a lot of time to say that I'm going to shave off in one season. Um, but yes, yeah, so I would say obviously qualify, hit the standard, just improve my time as much as I can. And then once I get there, obviously just make it I think there's three rounds of 800. So I'd like to hopefully at least make it through a round or two. Uh, I don't want to just get there and then just have a mediocre race and it be the end of it. I want to really test myself, see how far I can get. And my coaches have kind of been like discussing how they'd like me to qualify in the 800 and the 1500. That way, you know, a lot of people try to do that as like a backup plan. Like, if, if one race doesn't go so well, then you can kind of, you know, if you've qualified in both, you might as well go for it in both. And yeah. you might end up doing better and, you know, the one that you weren't expected to do as well. in but so, I mean, that would be really great if I, I, I would have to drop a decent amount of time in my 1500 to, to qualify, but I also have never really focused on the 15 or the mile. So I know I have lots of room to improve there still. So that would be definitely one of my other goals is to just shave some time off of that as well. Mm-hmm. Which, which event for you is more difficult, the, the 15 or, or the, the 800? Oh, definitely the 15. I, I do not love running the 1500. <laughs> I just feel like I've gone through phases. So I've always loved the 800, but it's just painful. Like it hurts. Mm-hmm. And so then I hit a point in my life where I was like, I'm done with 800. Like I'm not getting any better at it. And it just hurts. Let me try to run a little bit of a slower pace for a little longer. And so I started to like the mile and the 15 more. And then it hit a point where, you know, I was getting to the level where the girls are just running like the same pace that I run an 800 for <laughs> the whole mile. And I'm like, well, this defeats the purpose. Like uh-huh. I'd rather just run. <laughs> 800 meters at that point so I'm back back with the 800 sometimes I say I break up with it but (laughs) we're back together right now there you go the 1500 just feels like it goes on forever and I also feel like that people run the 1500 way different than they run the mile and I don't know why that is because they're such like a similar distance yeah but it kind of stresses me out the way people race the 15 everyone just gets out like a rocket and then I'm like, we have like mm. so much more to go like why are we getting out this fast 
So I don't know why that is, but I think I also just need more practice at it. I think it's just kind of like foreign land to me right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's weird that like from, from an outsider, you would think like, oh, there's like, there's no strategy in, in running like a mile. You just run your, your race, the exact same lap every time and your exact same time, <laughs> time and you're fine. But there's so much like strategy, like in those, you know, how you're supposed to run and what your, you know, your techniques are that goes into it that people may not realize, oh no, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's happening within those, those two or four laps that are going on. Oh yeah, for sure. I know when you, when, even if I watch a track race, probably if you watch, watch a track race, I'm always like, one, it looks so easy. They look so relaxed and calm. Two, it just looks like everyone just like, you know, like minding their own business. But when you're in there, it feels like it's like a battle. I'm like, it looks so different yeah. from like the viewpoint of like a, a bystander than if you're like actually in the race, it's crazy. Oh yeah. Like people, it'll look like, um, people will be especially the super like distances like what Elliot Kipchoge with uh the, yes. the marathon it's like <laughs> oh yeah he's running like five minutes like five six whatever five minute miles and I'm like I can't do that once and he's yes. doing that 23 <laughs> times like that's insane it's like yes there's some some crazy athletes so I, mean, I know it, and it literally looks like they're just going for just stroll jogging. in the park and yeah. they're like oh that was a 415 I'm like what <laughs> it's like that makes no sense but um yeah <laughs> so you guys so you've had a an awesome journey so far in track and field like how has your support system been with yeah your coaches friends or family members as you've made your decision like hey I really want to give this a go and and see how you know how fast I can run oh I have like the best support system of anybody ever <laughs> like people no I could I, I don't even know what I could get away with, with the way people like <laughs> just tell me to do whatever. Like, I feel like no matter what I do, everyone's just on my side and, you know, rooting for me and reaching out and even just stuff like this. You asking me to come on your podcast, like we've kept in touch throughout the years here and there. And it's just like great to have, you know, all those kinds of people in your life who, you know, I'm always supporting you. You're always supporting me. And I feel like coming from like, living in Wallingford, going to Strathaven, like, I feel like that community will always be, like, such a big part of who I am, and, you know, the the runner that I am, and then the college I went to, same thing, like, I I just feel like I've been very blessed with the coaches and teammates and people around me, like, besides, obviously, my family and everyone like that, so I I just have, like, so much support no matter what I do, and I'm very grateful for that, because I know that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. It's always great seeing your like the times coming through, whether it's on flow track or whatever, and and seeing what's going on. So um, this has been awesome conversation. I'm sure we could go on for you know a couple <laughs> more hours with it, but um, they don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, where where could people could go if they wanted uh, to follow more, see how you do with the rest of this season, or you know just other things going on with you? Oh well, I mean they can follow me on social media stuff like that. I feel like I'm most active on Instagram, even though I'm, I, I could be more active, but that's what I, that's like the social media platform I, I like personally the most. And I, I think my handle is Allie underscore OOP, O-O-P, nine. And other than that, maybe the track club, atlantatrackclub.com. They have like page for all the elites and stuff like that. They also have a Instagram account. So you can definitely find any info you want about me on any of those (laughs) platforms. 
Awesome. Well, thank you, Ali. And uh, thank you, everyone that's been listening. This is another episode of Track World News. I hope that you enjoyed. Uh, make sure that you go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Uh, you'll get some more content there, as well as give the show a subscribe, follow, a rating, and all that good stuff. Uh, thank you, and have a good one. Peace.